Hello, my name is Cliff Cumber and I am the artist of Related Filth and the artist on Tony Esmond is a movie star and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> I think you made a deal with the devil. How so? Because you're always on the mark with this, with this intro shit. It's it it has to be an infernal pact. No one could be this good. Uh, kind of something special for the palindromes. Uh, yes, love the palindromes. I was, <laughs> I saw that this episode was eight thirty eight, and I'm singing palindrome man, palindrome man. I'm like, wait a minute, it's not palindrome. <laughs> Fucking particle. Uh, triangle wins hey everybody it's 11 o'clock comics episode 838 and i'm vince b (laughs) yeah you are vince b i'm david a friends yep oh indeed and i am orbis stellaris Oh, see you! I I I expected you to be Kobe Bryant, or not Kobe Bryant, the guy that just did the the um the world record of the basketball thing. LeBron. Oh, LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, I, I thought you would. You were supposed to be LeBron, but you weren't. Who were you? Orbis Stellaris. You're not Orbis Stellaris. You're Jason Wood, everybody, in the house on this, an average episode. Yes. No guests. Just no, plain old, plain old. Just plain old good old stuff. And you know who brought this to you? Yep. It's the patrons. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. One, one, no apostrophe. They are there for us each and every day. And we, in turn, serve it up back to them. We give them images and audio files and downloads and uh books of the month voting and and uh jason does a ton of videos i said videos didn't i um and best of all it's a dedicated slack channel where we gather each and every day to just be with each other it's the best patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics check it out Chilling okay. like Bobby Dylan. Yeah, Kobe Bryant was the guy, unfortunately, that died in the plane crash. Helicopter, yeah. Helicopter. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was yep. that's my bad. I did not know that. I realize that now, but it wasn't a jest. Yes. I just mixed up the. And bananas. I thought, and you were talking about LeBron. I thought you were saying you were surprised I wasn't Kevin Durant because <sighs> he is another NBA megastar who was traded to my beloved Suns this week. Yeah, my dude. If Which I Vince would know. Yeah, if I mixed up. <laughs> Kobe Bryant and and the uh, how the hell how the hell am I going to know Kevin Durant? Not big facts. I get that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, what about Burt Backrack? Oh, that's sad. Elvis Costello is like crying. Was, please, everybody, check on Elvis Costello. Seriously, he's not almost blue. He's blue. <laughs> that was a good one. That was good. Yeah, I, and and on that note, I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking. Please do. Sam Adams Winter Lager. Back at it again. Festive and smooth. Festivus for the rest of us. Yeah. It's delicious. I don't care if it's the same thing as last week. I love it. And I have Mm, like eight eight bottles left. So. Respect. You'll probably hear it next week too. Nice. Right. 
What you drinking, Bo? Couple things. Uh, right now, I'm sipping on some hot tea with uh, a little stevia. It's very good. A little little splash <laughs> of lemon juice in there too. <laughs> laughing. Just, he just finds me amusing today. Yeah, uh, always, not just today. Always. I love you. <laughs> and then I'm going to wash that down with some uh, lemon lime Gatorade Zero. My goodness. Top shelf. It's a feast. Yeah, keep myself, keep myself uh, you know, hydrated. It's a veritable Indeed. feast for the soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, I, um, I, well, I won't agree with that whole story. I am drinking, uh, 14.5% alcohol by volume, extra cab Cabernet Sauvignon from 2018. Nice. Born in Chile. Close the window because it's Chile. Chile. Yeah. Chile. With no beans. No, mm, no got to have beans. No, no, you do not. Yeah, beans. You can have them. There are no beans in my chili. Nor do I, no beans in the woodhouse. Nor do I ever order. If I'm at a place... There's 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 one there's there's one restaurant close to work. What? It's really the only place around that will that offers chili without beans. So I only order it there. Every other place around here. That's because they know how yeah. to make chili. They don't though. They do they though. Just, they, no, yeah. I, I I get well, it all. It's the just, next you know, time we go out, all your beans can leap into my bowl, and I will I will gladly give your beans sanctuary in my bowl. I love the beans. Okay. They're the magical fruit. They are. They are. Do you really need help in that department? No. Um, uh, to be honest, since I stopped the thing, yeah. I my digestion is a million times better. I bet. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Who would have knew? Right? Who would have Who would have thunk doctors? it? Doctors? What do they know? <laughs> Med- like magnets. <laughs> How the fuck do they work? It's all about copper. You say copper. Yeah, I had a teacher. I mean, we got to talk about the comic soon. But I had a teacher in sixth grade who used to wear a copper bracelet. And it was a man. And my mother would go, oh, he's weird. That that man, he's not right. He's a little strange. And I'm thinking, she thought that because the the guy number one wore a bracelet. And number two was made out of copper. And I'm thinking, that's pretty much known today that copper helps in a lot of things right and it would whatever and but so what if a guy wanted to wear a bracelet but this we're talking early 70s right yes sometimes yeah maybe she would have to see his uh his other ring to really decide Mm. whether yeah maybe maybe you'd have to give her the o face Uh, Talk about comics, yo. What do we have? <laughs> we were talking before uh, before we hit record that uh, you're. How you, I'm so proud of how you low key are keeping up with the X books. Yes, I am. Yep. Yeah, I'm that. fascinated by them. I really am. I have to admit. Uh, usually, well, you. I don't have to explain myself. You know, the big two stuff does not hold my interest. But there's mm. something about this. This X transformation that has a lot of longevity with me. I, I find it just interesting. Yes, for sure. And yeah. I I mean, all things come to an end. I hope that uh I hope that we don't, you know uh like I hope this isn't coming to an end soon. They've been alluding to it, but we'll see. 
you know, like like because because obviously the 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 head of the X office continues to evolve. So, right, you you gonna we'll further expound upon the X books, or are you just gonna leave it at that? Well, um, I mean, I talked about Sins of Sinister last week. It was my favorite book of last week, and then this week we got we got Storm in the Brotherhood of Mutants, which is the first issue of nine issues we're going to get. Uh, where they're rebranding three of the books for a time. And I had thought, based on the solicits leading into the event, that each of the three series would be set in a different time period because they were saying we were going to see what happens 10 years, 100 years, and 1,000 years into the future. So I mistakenly assumed that like this book, the Storm book, would maybe be 10 years, and then uh, the subsequent book, Nightcrawler, would maybe be 100 years. But it looks like, based on the little Marvel reading order infographic we got in this issue it's just going to be chronological so we're going to like this this month we're going to see the 10 years and then we're going to jump 100 and then jump 1000 so um yeah i'm super into it i could see that uh this is definitely one of those things where you need to have been reading the stuff i mean this isn't like you know i know a lot of people myself included like to jump into big two events occasionally without having read up to it just just to see what's what and i don't think this is the kind of event you can do that um they've been laying the groundwork for this sinister arc literally from the beginning of hickman's run and i just don't i think there's too many nuances that make it cool that would be totally lost on someone that's just trying to pick it up and check in on the x books so i don't know if you agree i mean because you you read these issues too but i i just i don't see it as something that's particularly accessible if you're not already into these books all right this is the straight truth you show mm. you, if you put Sugar Man in something, I'm gonna read the damn thing. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. But I think even though it's it's Storm is front and center in this. Shocked you bought and read a Storm book, by the way. Yeah, I know, but I couldn't not read this when my dude Paco Medina's on art. Like this mm-hmm. is an, the the book is gorgeous. Hasn't skipped a beat. I don't know what he's been up to the last bunch of years, but he looked great. Yeah. Um, I saw him not too long ago. I gotta figure out what it was. Keep going. I'm sorry. No, I just and I, I like Al. I like the the way that Ewing picked up the baton because I mean, um, Hickman's a tough, really difficult act to follow, and and I think Ewing is 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 really uh, not only holding his own, but he's furthering the mythology. It's like he's 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 uh, capitalizing on the stuff that Hickman planted so I, I i don't know maybe i'm just in the i'm in the mood i even like the goofy text like the 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 star wars inverse crawl in the front i thought that was exciting and and how the text is distressed a little bit and it's the the like it looks like a a vcr tape that hasn't been dialed in remember when your vcr mm-hmm. heads were fucked mm-hmm. up and, and, and it, you had that wobbly that's what that looks like to me and i just love it i think that's really cool it's a nice treatment i liked everything about this issue nice yeah yeah i love i love chi- the chimera i mean uh it, it's it's a relatively simple conceit take two here two, two characters and, and make them an amalgam but it works i like it i like especially using them like this as minions where uh and, and they do the deep cuts like they're having fun i mean they they you know they did a maggot marrow amalgam i mean that's yes. talk about deep cut where the where the bones are are, are, are carnivorous i mean that that is <laughs> i mean that's just smart and fun it's cute and it's really cute yeah you know um and so, so I guess spoilers to people who are not up to date on these but plan to be because 
I introduced myself as Orvis Stellaris, who is a key figure in this book. Uh, although Vince probably didn't realize that because they don't say him by name. Right. The, the, the the giant golden sentient uh, techno cube uh, the sphere is Orvis Stellaris. Ah. Yes. Cool. Who we find out is, is someone else in this issue. But I'll leave it vague. Yes. I and I see who it is now. Yes. <laughs> so, so that that image is not going in the gallery. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cool. So, no, it's 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 a lot of fun. I mean, um, you know, Kieran Gillen. So this this one, Storm of the Brotherhood of Mutants, is just X Men Red rebranded, and that's the one that Ewing's been writing. Right. Um, and then Kieran's uh, Immortal X Men becomes Immoral X Men, and then, uh, Le- uh, um, and then the Nightcrawler book, uh, Legion of X, is uh, becomes uh, Nightcrawlers for the next few months. So yeah, it's off to a great start. You know, I've always liked Sinister, um, and I was wondering how he was going to pull all this off. And and I thought the idea of of like making a Groundhog Day, its invasion of the Body Snatchers works for me because I'm a fan of both of those conceits. And so pulling putting them together just made a lot of sense to me I, so um i'm here for it and i can't wait for domino to save the day and and write wreck, and write everything and as she should of course I, I don't have that on my bingo card so uh well so you have a losing bingo card that's cool <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <sighs> yeah Domino swoops in like Han and Chewie in the Falcon. <laughs> Listen, bro, you're reading X Force. She's front and center in X Force. She is. Front she is. She, she is. is. No. So although, she... although it drives me nuts that they they have her wearing Krakoa arm sleeve. I, it's it's like I don't want my girl all all globbed up with crazy plant crust. I don't like that. She's too beautiful for that. You you do know that she's a fictional construct, right? Oh my. God. No, but I know. But I mean, come on, though. You know, the art. The art doesn't look as hot when she's. It's kind of jacked up. It's not good. Okay, I get it. I guess it's like changing yes. Vampirella's costume. I was <laughs> going to say, never all the dynamite books you get. Yeah, never a good idea. Shit about Domino. <laughs> never, never a good idea to change her her costume. That's right. Yeah. Well, I don't mind the different costume. I just don't want. Her to be covered in Krakoa uh, so Well, that's because Vampirella's costume is far more iconic than Domino's. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, Dom- yeah, she has different costumes all the time. There's not like one yeah. costume. It's not like a Satana or Black Canary. <laughs> oh, it's, ama- it's amazing what fishnets do. Yeah. I will tell you that I, on a whim based on the solicit, I picked up and read Amazing Spider Man number 19. And here's why. Oh. The solicit noted that because of the dark web event that just wrapped up, right. that the regular creative team is taking a few uh, issues off to regroup to re, re- reduce, yeah. and and it's so this issue was uh, the Dodsons and my boy Joe Kelly, so I'm like oh shit I'm like I love Joe Kelly and I damn sure love the Dodsons. So I'm in on this, and it was great because it's it's just a, it's almost like the old inventory books. And what issue and number is nineteen? The one that just oh, came out. Okay. It, it does. Con- it, now it was to be continued. I don't know if it's two issue, three issue arc, but uh, uh, listen to any time I could see Terry Dodson drawing a 
a book with uh, Pete and the Black Cat and Mary Jane. I'm here for it. Mm. And I know Mary Jane, I lost you. Sorry. Um, and it was fun. It was. It was. Uh, they. They. Black Cat and Pete um, are trying to re- recoup, re-energize after all the shit that went down the dark web. And so Black Cat convinces Pete to take the weekend off and go to a spa. And when they get to the spa, shenanigans ensue, of course, because it's Marvel superheroes. And the Sinister Six is there, uh, a version of it, like a more modern version, some of the, the newer archetypes of those characters. And along with the White Rabbit and uh, – but they're not like – they're not – they're not so Pete and Black Hat step in, but they're not really near – the, the, it was a, a case of, of, of mistaken intent because the Sinister Sticks, at least this younger version, aren't there to cause a ruckus at first it seems. And uh, and and they had Pete and Black Hat had it wrong. So it was interesting. It, looked, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was it was it was it was light. It looked great. I, I uh, so yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll pick up issue twenty two, uh, issue twenty as well. And I'll I don't know how long. Like I said, this Kelly Dotson little mini arc is going to be. But I'm here for it. I have to say, um, uh, Johnny Junior dropped a string of foul smelling turds on the uh, amazing covers recently this one right. is not a bad cover i like it a mm-hmm. lot yeah mm-hmm. uh, there you the, have it the interior art looks really good too it's terry dodson dude yeah well black cat's face is kind of jacked in that double page spread but true that's not yeah. you're not wrong there yeah but, it, but i mean paco, paco effed up mystique's face in one of the panels too and we didn't take him to task so well, how do you F up? How do you F up Mystique's face? <laughs> well, she was I mean, in the face. It, it, he drew. He drew her to look like a thalidomide baby. If I'm being honest. Oh my goodness! That's... Is that <laughs> can that be taboo? Like forty years after the fact. Like, like, are there any thalidomide babies around anymore? They all died, right? Like, it's forty uh, years ago. You don't know that, but um, I, I don't. <laughs> hey, come on. I don't know. Well, it's, it's better than to what they to, vet, to vex Vince and be inappropriate. Like it's never clutches pearls. No, I don't. But yeah, I don't. It's kids, dude. I don't mess with that. <laughs> okay. So it's true. It's yeah. kids that are w- either are dead or would be in their sixties now. Just for the record. Yeah. Just... Or they're working at SeaWorld. Oh, oh. see, <laughs> they take to another level. Sorry. Damn. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> that, is, that that is a jacked up face, right? Yeah, that is, that is not pretty. That is not pretty. <laughs> that is, I mean, that that lip is like, I mean, it's like okay. That forehead. We 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 gather to celebrate the comics, yes. right? Yes, we do. Yeah, that's true. And boy, do we have something to celebrate? Mm. Yes, because Dap and I read a a huge chunk of awesome this this past couple days, and it came out of the blue. You know, because uh, you know how we get. Um, we get the promos and the stuff, the emails from from Image and Skybound, and it's like I've been seeing these these solicits and these these press releases for this series, and I'm like, okay, the covers look intriguing. Um, let, you know, I mean, I'll, let's just check out the first volume. And about four pages into the first volume, I'm like. Damn, I am sold. I need to read this whole thing. And the volume, book one, is, Dap, over 400 pages, right? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Um, first of all, uh, before I revealed the, the name of it, 
uh, it is skybound, right? So Kirkman's at the helm, at least as far as realizing that this work had value and merit, um, being captivated by it and bringing it over uh, to our side of the ocean and having it translate. It's not just from out of the blue. No. It's from France. It's from France. And this thing, it, I mean, I think it's done in France. It's uh, six volumes. I'm guessing they're I, all it's, 400. Well, it's six volumes here. The, first, the On the back cover, it says this first volume collects the first two books, the first two chapters, first two issues. So it looks like it was a 12-issue series because there's going to be, what, six books? Right. But what I'm the the, the point. But these books, I mean, if this is an issue, and this was, I mean, was that to be an album, right? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, but the point being is it's finished, and Kirkman scooped it, brought it over, had it translated, um, and is going to release them until this last quarter of 2024, when everything's going to be over. Uh, it was written. I'm going to totally butcher these names, so I'm sorry. It's French. I suck at French. Uh, written by Michel Sanneville, Sanneville, Bastien Vives and Balak, and illustrated by Bastien Vives and Michel Sanneville. Uh, it's published by Skybound Image, and it's called Last Man, Book One. And a... A uh, thicker chunk of oxum I have not read this year yet. So that's something. Starting a year, the year off out on a bang. Uh, what's it about, you ask? Jason, did you ask what it was about? I sure I heard. did. All right. Let's tell it. Well, it's about a tournament. The 184th Grand Tournament of the Realm. And uh, win the, the tournament and get access to this uh, chalice... Uh, this religious uh, artifact and other things, but unfortunately someone has won the tournament mm. successively for a while. But anyway, the victor has gone the spoils. Yes. Uh, so anyway, this, this young man, his name's Adrian Velba, 12 years old. He's a student at the Oak Academy and he's training for the tournament, even though he realizes, I mean, the kid's a little scrawny, a little runt. If he's like 80 pounds soaking wet, it's a lot. Uh, but um, he lives with his mom, Marianne, who is a total fox. Uh, think uh, Brigitte Bardot. And you wouldn't be too far from the mark. Uh, mom and, and Adrian, you know, live, they, they kind of scrape together whatever they can. They're, they're having a hard time making ends meet. And Adrian just wants to win the tournament because... He he catches mom skipping meals, you know, so he has enough mm, to eat. Hard out here. Yeah, and so the kid pledges that, you know, when he wins the tournament, he'll make enough prize money that they'll always have as much food as they want. Like, he's got a mm -hmm. really good soul, this kid. Unfortunately, Adrian is paired with a kid named Vlad, who has a reputation for getting sick before uh, very important um, things. And sure enough... Vlad gets sick, right? He ate too much cheese fondue or something. Um, he, he gets sick on the day of the tournament, so he has to pull out. Mm. Uh, it's not good because uh, the rules are, you it, since it's a, a team tournament, you can't compete uh, if uh, part of your team 
can't compete. So you can't. It's not a solo thing. So Adrian's barred from competing, and he, and he's crushed. Right. So this is where um, this handsome grown ass man named Richard Aldana, big strapping hunka hunka, he wants to enter the tournament, but he can't. Right, because he doesn't have a partner, just like Adrian, and. Um, he overhears Marianne consoling Adrian uh, because, you know, he can't participate. And necessity being the mother of invention and all that. Um, Richard not so subtly manipulates uh, both of them. He does this little acrobatic thing and um, manipulates uh, Adrian into thinking that he's an awesome dude. And he manipulates mom, Marianne, into thinking that he's legit. That he just wants to, he made this story up saying that, you know, he wants to get into the tournament because his best friend was killed in the tournament um, at the hands, uh, or at the feet, better yet, of this Thai warrior character. And he wants to avenge his friend. But uh, having finished the book, that's a bunch of bullshit. But <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but that's a bunch of bullshit. And uh, so he manipulates mom and the kid, and they join forces and enter the tournament. Um, enter the dragon. And it's kind of like an amalgamation of, oh, there's there's elements of Street Fighter, fighter in it. There's a little bit of Karate Kid in it. Um, any, any kind of, you know, fighting tournament, you, there's... It's a common trope in in action movies and mm-hmm. manga, and you've you've seen it. But the the cool thing about it is, um, there are students from the Wind Academy, two of which are uh, um, Adrian's quote friends. One is a very good friend; the other one maybe not so much. A boy and girl uh, team, Gregorio and Elorna, and. Um, the first match, Gregorio gets knocked out of bounds. It's one of those things. They, if you, it's like fighting. If you get knocked out of the Sumo circle, wrestling. yeah, you get yeah, knocked out yeah. of the circle. You're fucking disqualified, and then your your uh, your partner has to survive against the 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 other uh, partner. So um, Gregorio is knocked out, but Alorna, that's uh, uh, our our little Adrian's friend. Um, she wins the match, but there's little clues. There's little subtle things dropped that Gregorio treats Alorna like shit. Um, mm-hmm. But Adrian and Richard, they have their first match, and they they win. They and it's it's really intense and nail biting because they're fighting these two dandies named the Soares brothers, S O A R E S. And uh, right off the bat, Adrian's knocked out of the ring as expected, right? And um, Richard's not from around these parts, let's just say. Uh, and he's penalized because he struck his opponent out of turn. See, the rules state that if a participant is using magic, um, the the opponent is not allowed to disrupt the casting of the spell. Yeah. Um, so it's there's a gentlemanly... Uh, it's like Final Fantasy. It's like turn-based combat. Right, so my faves. yeah, my faves. that's why I said it. So, um, while this one Soar's brothers was doing his his incantation, uh, Richard kind of fucking beat the shit out of him, and like, <laughs> and, and the the crowd is like, oh, he's a brute, and that's the thing. Richard doesn't use magic; 
he's he's a he's a a bull in a china shop whereas almost everybody that enters this tournament has a magical component to their fighting style again richard's not from around these parts and uh so richard and and um adrian they win the first match they advance to the second um and and this is where things start getting a little strange because uh, Richard attracts attention because he's that rare combatant in that he progresses far in the tournament and he's not using magic. And um, it, there's a, a little bit of a, a play on the fact that Adrian is fatherless, right? And he idolizes Richard. Um, so you get people that are now coming to see Richard's brute force, including the queen. Like there's, there's a lot of instances where the queen, she's, she's a cutie. Um, she sees Richard fighting and, and it's, you could tell she's getting a little bit damp in the droves, right? So, uh, but I don't want to spill all of the beans cause it is 400 pages, and and there's a a lot of twists and a lot of surprises. That's why I'm kind of being intentionally vague with some stuff. Uh, so on the road to the finals, Richard and Adrian, you knew this was coming, right? If you have friends and you're in a tournament, chances are really good you're going to end up fighting your friends somewhere along the line, right? So Richard and Adrian have to fight their friends. Well, uh, Adrian's friends, Gregorio and Alorna. And... Um, Gregorio was not so subtly manipulated behind the scenes by someone else who, uh, I, I, again, I don't want to say, who um, coached him on ways to beat uh, Richard. And um, he does. <laughs> the kid beats Richard and it's like, holy shit, this means Adrian has to fend against his much difficult... Uh, much more advanced fighting friend Gregorio. Uh, does he mm. beat? Does he beat him? Uh, I'm not gonna say. Is it like a rocky <laughs> situation. You, you need to read it. You just need to read it. Um, <laughs> it, it. This book is flat out amazing, and I, I can't. The reasons why I think it's amazing, other than um, I'll get to it, but there are things I can't tell you about this book. <laughs> Because it would totally ruin it for you. I yeah, can't. Yeah. I can't tell you. I can't. Uh, yeah. But if I did, you'd be like, "Holy shit, dude, that is brilliant!" But I can't tell you. Um, mm -hmm. Last man would fit seamlessly within the covers of like Cry Punch yeah. or or Dagger Dagger. It's cut mm -hmm. from the same cloth. There's so much. Shout out to Al Gopher. Right. That's exactly. Yeah. And and. and a little, I mean, not not in the early part of the book, but I was I was I was getting a slight, um, just because of the way the line works, um, a slight in the grand vibe. Oh, now we're talking. I'm, I, I, I want to say that is, is similar. It, it's not. It's just I the the whimsical nature of it. And, I get and you. Kind yeah, of the, the setting is is, but no, it's it definitely leads more towards Gofa in, in the mm. style. But mm. there's so much emotion in so few lines. Like, it's For amazing sure. how, uh, especially facial features, and uh, they're literally the marks so of, few lines. of a master, right? You could tell yeah. that the, 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 the men behind the visuals of this, or I should say people, because I usually get gender wrong a lot. Um, 
the the people behind these visuals, they're masters. It, I mean, the fight sequences are incredible. They're absolutely incredible. To the point where I'm reading it, and you could, you know, when you're when you're watching a really intense action movie, and you're like, and your your knuckles are white, and you're gritting your teeth. You're like, holy shit, what the hell's gonna happen? And but in this case, you turn the page, and it's like, oh my god, there's no way she just did that. And it's like, yes, yeah, she did, mm. <laughs> she did that. So um, I became lost in time in this thing. Like I was totally immersed in the progression of the tournament. Um, the characters are so vivid and believable and real. It's like, this is the only the first volume. Where is this story going to go? If there's five more volumes, there's 900 more pages to this thing. No. Mm. What am I saying, 900? So if each, if each volume's 400 pages and there's five more volumes. It's another 2,000 pages. Yes, maybe. that's crazy. <sighs> You love these long form books, man. I was attracted by the art first, but they would, the story sure. the story kept me going. The art is absolutely jaw dropping, mm-hmm. and it's so so pared down. It's 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 whittled down to its barest essence. You, yes, there are some cityscapes and some interior shots that are very intricate and and ornate and finely detailed, but for the most part, the the characters they're threadbare. There's just a mode like a tiny little modicum of lines and it's like holy fuck how do you get this kind of there's not a bad depiction of marianne in this book you every you you could tell like she's she's an angel she every move she makes the the crook of her head the way she just arches her neck it's freaking gorgeous and the kid uh adrian he's so wide-eyed and it's got like this buster brown kind of kind of haircut and there's sequences where through unfortunate events like the kid will cry and it it just breaks your heart it it breaks Mm -hmm. your heart yeah this book is almost perfect he's so unassuming he just he he, he trusts everybody like even even early on when when uh gregorio lets him you know gregorio feels he's an asshole he's an asshole but when obviously when 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 vlad has to bail out on him and and um lorna's there and and she's like you know well his Vlad's not part of it, so Adrian doesn't have a partner, and he's like, "Yeah, that sucks, man. I'm sorry." It's like, um, but you know, hey, you did good today, and 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 Adrian's still like, "Hey, man, it, it it's cool. You're a better fighter than him anyway." And and so he's still, he's just, he's he's got a good heart. He's a good kid, and you don't want to see, right? You don't want to see him get crushed like this, and 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 to be, and and at first I thought maybe he was set up to fail because the Master Jansen paired them up. And it's like, but obviously, the teacher's got something else in mind. He's not. He's not thinking about you know. Oh, he wasn't thinking about the kid. the kid because yeah. he wants. He wants. You know, he's he's trying to do right by the kid because my man wants to score with mom. Yeah. And and it's just so it. It's just, I mean the whole right, but the whole the, the, just the 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 medieval court palace type setting is just it. I didn't know what to expect. You. You said this book was great, and I started flipping through it, and I was just like, "Holy crap!" And I couldn't, I couldn't stop. I paused. Right. One of the one, I, I paused what I was reading because I was almost done reading it, and I started to flip through this. And next thing I know, like, I'm I'm two hundred some odd pages in, and I'm like, "Well, I can't fucking stop now." And and I'm like, "I, I got to finish it for for Thursday." And I just and and then when when the things start, when 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 you see where things are going. And, and and where 
where the creators are, are, are taking you and as as things happen with the story with, with advancing the story and, and, and the character growth and then we get towards the end and there's all these holy shit reveals and I'm just like I, can't, I gotta wait till fucking July 2024 to see how this all ends up but it's like yeah, but it's, and it's, I think the new one comes out um, March. Yeah, March, no, volume two. But yeah. Jason, there's one part, um, one little little sequence that that so Adrian and Richard they proceed to the finals, right? And because they they made it that far in the tournament, they're allowed access to the royal banquet hall. Right, mm. they're 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 so they're celebrities. They're, they're going to be yeah yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're guests. Have dinner with the king and queen. So they're That's at the, yeah. they're at this giant table, and and you know the even the king and and the the challengers they're not being kind to them. They're talking down to the kid and to Richard and everything. And so the kid's just like Adrian's like I got it. No, I'm just going to go take a look around. So he he finds his way into the kitchen, right? And the cook is there, and I, I'm telling you, this sequence will break your heart. The the cook has this little um it's a flower like a fruity kind of flower and he okay. puts he puts it in 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 boiling water and it and it opens up and it's a beautiful little thing right and he says to adrian he says blow on it um and this thing is called the magic mouthful if you if you blow on it you activated its power and if you eat it like you'll have the power of of a champion you can't be beaten and so Adrian, what do you think he does? Like he's in this tournament, so he eats it. Of course. And things happen within the tournament that was it a magical, you know, fruit, vegetable, flower thing, or was the 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 cook just being, um, you know, was he trying to be f- a friend to this kid who just is out of his element? You don't know. Maybe you do. I don't know. Read the volume. But I just, I, I thought it was such a, 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 just like a tender scene where this this totally out of his element kid is is in this kitchen, and the, the cook takes the time to just be like, "Hey, buddy, come here. Look at this. This is awesome. You got to eat this. You know." And it it was neat. It's a just a beautiful little touching scene in a in a. Uh, it's a violent book. I mean, it's total fighting, front to back. But it's not explicit. Like nobody's getting their heads ripped off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I, I think you should go on your little Amazon or whatever and order this right Olay, now. But little Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. You will love this. You will love this book. Playoffs. Yeah, it sounds real good. Yeah, he definitely will. Yeah. Yeah. You got good taste. I know you'll love it. Nice. So there we go. Um, to to uh, reiterate, it's called. Um, oh God, what's happening? Windows was going to shut down on me. That is not Oof. Windows. Um, my Mac was going to shut down. It is called Last Man, Book One, written by. I'm guessing it's Michel Sanlaville, uh, Bastien Vives, and Balak, and it's illustrated by Vives and Sanlaville, and it's out of. Skybound, so you have no excuses. You don't have to pay hefty import prices and have you know you know your kids that took French in school translate it. It's already been translated for you, and it came out of Skybound, so just buy it. I think it's like twenty four ninety nine for the first volume. Parts of it are in color. Uh, most of it is in black and white and gray tone. Yeah, the first oh, pages of the chapters are, are in color. Yeah, it's gorgeous, beautiful. You need this book. 
Don't say we didn't warn you. Come eleven o'clock Oscar time. I'm telling you. Oh, uh, you're already you're already throwing down the gauntlet. Uh, it's been two weeks since we had the, the actor. Dap, dap. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, no, you are not wrong. Oh, okay, this is okay. this is. I mean, there's it's strong words. It is, it is, and that's it is still early in the year, so that's not to say that something won't. Right, I'm not saying it's a shoe in. There's still, but we're, but but we are getting, we 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 are getting three more volumes. We're getting the first four right. books. Well, we're getting three. We're getting books two, three, and four this year. Right, mm-hmm. and then March and July of next year, we get books yeah. five and six. So we're we we will get a lot of Last Man this year, which will keep it right. keep it in contention. Yes, uh, that makes sense. I'm just saying. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it then. I'm just saying. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get it. Get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, when when I when I got to the end of this issue, I was the, the end of the first book. I was like, holy crap! And then I see the cover for the next book, and I'm like, oh, okay, I see Be- where they because they do they do show you the, the the covers of the six books. Yeah, but don't look at them. <laughs> Seri- seriously, don't look at the co- the no, cover. No. no, because it'll ruin it. Just order volume, not not you, Jason. If anybody's interested in this enough to order it, do not look at the covers for anything past Mm -hmm. book one. Because there are clues within the first volume, and it's like, ah, I knew that was going to happen. But at the end, it's like, I didn't know that was going to happen. Holy shit. So, yeah, don't look at successive volumes. Just keep it in volume one. You're good. Nice. Yes. Nice. Well, I will tell you what, um, I feel like, I mean, time flies. I don't remember how many years ago it was, but I do remember when Abrams announced that they were going to get into comics. And there was a lot of, like, debate, oh, what do they know about comics? Are they encroaching <laughs> on our territory and all? And I think we can now definitively say that they got it right because they yep. put out a lot of great stuff. And uh, I believe this is the second Abrams book I'm going to bring up this year already. But uh, this was a book that came out last year. Uh, but it was many, many years in the making. And in a lot of ways, it the book itself was not only incredibly enjoyable, but it also, I think, was uh, a catalyst for me to finally get up on this gentleman's career in a big way. For And I hadn't to this point, but for no real particular reason, I wasn't avoiding it. And uh, that is Joseph Smith and the Mormons, a graphic novel by Noah Van Skyver. My man. Yes. Um, for those that don't know, Noah Van Skyver was raised as a Mormon. and um, But like many, he is no longer a Mormon, or at least doesn't consider himself a Mormon. Um, and he was always fascinated with the history of the religion, in particular the founder, Joseph Smith. So he has been working on this book for much of his adult life and finally completed it. Um, I, I have a few Mormon friends, but I know next to nothing about the religion. Uh, I'm sure for most of us, uh, the book of Mormon musical is probably the closest we've come to really getting a glimpse into what it's like to be Mormon. Um, and you know, I think part of my interest in this book was framed by the fact that I am a lapsed Catholic and I often find it funny because I have Christian friends, as I'm sure you do, that when you bring up Mormonism, they mock the shit out of it for real. And while let me be clear, like I think Mormon, the, like especially the roots of the Mormon faith are pretty absurd. But I find it ironic when other people of faith mock Mormonism for its ridiculousness. When I think, personally speaking, and I'm not casting shade at any of you the believers, but for me, I think it's all sort of absurd. Like the whole like 
you know, I mean, all of these stories are ultimately absurd, right? They're allegories and the like. But anyway, um, so as as I mean, you can't get any any more clear from the title of the book what this is about. But this is uh, Vance Giver taking a stab at, uh, at at telling the story of Joseph Smith and the early years of the Mormon Church up to and leading to uh, Smith's uh, uh, passing. Um, like I said, I didn't know much about this. You know, I'd heard bits and pieces. Like I thought I knew some things, but I didn't really like I didn't have a cohesive understanding of of the foundation of the church or who Joseph Smith was. And um, to Noah Van Skyver's credit, much like a couple weeks ago when I talked about Lugosi or or the Rod Serling book, like to me, a great biography is when you can entertain me and and captivate me, telling me a story about a person that I just generally didn't think I had any interest in, you know? Um, and that happened here. Uh, the, I thought this book was an absolute masterpiece. Um, I was a little bit familiar with Van Skyver artistically cause I had seen him, uh, in a couple of like the, uh, like the, uh, best American comics volumes over the years. Um, you know, in terms of describing him, maybe Vince or David, you could like, I, he's, he's a very, it's a very cartoony. It's like Jeffrey Brownish, you know, he's not, he's not breaking new ground visually. It's, it's, it's relatively simple cartoony, you know, and, and anatomically correct, reasonably proportioned people. Right. Like, you know, you think that's fair? Yeah. Like, I don't think he's like, Oh, for sure. Well, yeah, he's you remember like the, it's like, the Grateful yeah. Dead book you, you read that yeah, Van Skyver yeah. drew. Yeah. Oh, he did that. Oh, and he, and he, he wrote it, yeah. drew it. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't. Totally he didn't write it. it. He just drew it. I forgot that that was in the truth. Okay, yeah. yeah. But I'm just trying for the audience to describe what he looks like. It's it's it's, gotcha. a, it's a simple like cartoony style, right? Like it's it's it's. But where I think he shines is as a storyteller and a narrative. And one of the things about this is, uh, he spent like I said many years piecing this together, uh, doing a lot of academic research on it. He really wanted to try and get it right. But I say try because, like with anything, um, the people that were there at these initial meetings or when they were out proselytizing the 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 Book of Mormon or in in when he was forming the religion, obviously they're all long dead. So you can't really be sure who were at these meetings or or, or events you know, when they happened exactly and, and and what transpired. So so what he what he did was, and I thought it was a smart convention. He treats it like a narrative where um, there are no uh, editorial notes or, or 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 descriptive captions. It is all told through dialogue. So it's it's all people having conversations, explaining what's going on, and that could be tedious in a different type of story. But for this, I think it really works. Um, you know, it just reads like a long strip of about these people. Um, I. Let me also throw the caveat out there to, to people. I, I, I can't tell you for sure that this is like an incredibly accurate depiction of things. I know from reading the foreword by Noah that he took great pains into treating this seriously. But um, but again, inherently, like he's making entire conversations between people that he, you know, that we have no real record of. So so. I don't want anyone that maybe is Mormon to hear this and like be offended and thinking that like I, like I read this and took it as like largely historical, uh, ac- historically accurate. But I can't say for sure that it is. Like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how well researched it is and whether it's been challenged by wait, other wait, wait. people. Do what? we? Do you really need to protect yourself from 
Mormons, like in that sense, like you. you no, it's re- not you- protection. It's just being on, like it's being honest in the sense that, like when I read this, I put it down and I thought, oh man, like you know, when you read a biography, you think like, oh, this is what happened. Like, right. oh, this is fascinating. Like, but what I'm saying is, I don't really know that that's. What, I I don't know that this is. I can't say for like if I read a biography on like, you know, when I read the Steve Jobs biography, like I like I took that as basically bringing gospel. Like the stuff in it, I was like, oh, this has been fact checked. There's people, everyone's still alive. Like this is what this is a true accounting of things. I don't know that this is a perfectly true accounting of things, but I know that Noah tried to make it true. If that's what sure. I'm saying, so you know. But um, dude, no, fucking Joseph Smith was an absolute charlatan. Stunned. Like, be, I'm no, stunned. Beyond, like, but, no, but I know you're like, oh no, no, but I mean, but, like an absolute con man, and and he was raised. His father was a con man. They were, and they were poor. They were a poor con man. He was li- His father was literally a snake oil salesman. And when Joseph was young, one of the gimmicks that his dad ran is he would have Joseph almost be like a um, like a, a a fortune teller. You know, he would bring him into a home and have him communicate with the spirits of the home. And back then, because these were there was no massive form of transportation. You could only grift so many people, right? Like, like you know, there aren't that many people around your town to grift. And once you grift a few, like the word gets out, and nobody. So, so they were super poor, you know, super. Uh, uh, they struggled mightily, and it was all predicated on basically that they had no real skills. They were day laborers when they could, but if they weren't, they they tried to pull grifts. And as Joseph ages into young adulthood. Um, he needs to find a way to make his own nut and he is failing again at all these attempted grifts and he's, he's pretty much a laughing stock because they all know they see him coming a mile away. <clears throat> and he starts talking about how he had this, this basically holy encounter where he, he was, he was handed this, this, you know, this word of God, you know, and, 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 and obviously it's well, and, and as Noah, as Van Skyver depicts, it's bullshit. Like, and people, and he's telling people about it and people are like, well, let me see it. You know, let me see the book. And, He's like, oh, you know, the, you know, God says only I can be the vessel of it. So only I can read it and translate it. And, uh, but, but, but slowly but surely, like P.T. Barnum says, at first everyone's like, guys, fucking nuts. There's no book. This is bullshit. But he keeps doing things to like trick people. You know, burying something and then having people come and like come to see the book and then they stage like a and they stage something to make it seem like. Like, uh, you know, to 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 halt their to halt their progress. But people are like, oh, we almost saw the book. And before you know it, like slowly but surely, he gets enough people to buy into his line of bullshit where it takes off and it becomes it has momentum. And then he finds a few rich benefactors that are looking for guidance and faith and like a cult. And then he gets them involved and they they fund because he's dirt poor. They fund the the production of this of this book and like he he befriends a a guy who's really smart and eloquent and he suddenly that guy becomes the translator for him right and he starts writing down all of the the scripture but it's it's basically joseph smith making up stuff but then this guy's really eloquent so he starts he starts uh uh translating into a much more uh you know uh fluid eloquent styling that reads almost like it would be scripture and and that evolves into the, the actual Book of Mormon, which they then get printed and they start going door to door and going town to town and, and, and proselytizing. And the next thing you know, yep. there's a fucking religion and it's yep. like taking off and there's people of influence that believe in it. And the, and the Catholic, the, the, not the Catholic, but like 
but these you know but but Christian Christian groups and towns are like livid about it and view him as as a as a as a problem and they drive them out and they 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 I know everyone thinks of the Mormons in Utah but they actually drive they they start off and and they have a a a, a town I believe in Ohio um, where they're set up and and then eventually they get driven out of there by by Christians who run the town and and uh, and, and through all of this like Joseph and he's got a wife and 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 she. She vacillates back and forth between whether or not she believes in whether he's a loser, and uh, and he's and he becomes an incredible woman, like a, like an over the top womanizer. The more popular he gets, he starts saying that he had a vision from God that uh, that you know the plural man that 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 any woman a, a, de- a devout member of the an elder of the church, uh, you know it's it's the will of God to have sex with 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 a woman. It's like and it's it's like a blessing for her, and he starts. Like banging everybody, literally yeah. banging like you know, like women, like married women, uh, young, like girls, like and he's just he's a he's just an absolute poonhound and like, uh, and his wife has major problems that she leaves him over it, you know. But like he he and then some of the elders that he's his right hand men are like, oh yeah, because he's like, oh you all need to. At first he's like, by the way, it's okay to bang other women, like because and but but if some of the elders at first because they're very devout men are like, wait no 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 that that's horrible, you can't do that, no no no. But like some of them, because their cats are like, oh yeah, bet. Like I'm, I'm in on this too, and like it becomes a rift. It becomes a real rift because some don't like. They think, oh, is he a false prophet? Like this, this isn't right. Um, they form a bank, and they like a real bank. This is all like I looked this up. They they formed a bank to fund the building of their of their town. They're sort of like haven, and. The bank is literally a Ponzi scheme. It's one of the first ever Ponzi schemes. There's no assets in the bank. <laughs> I need to get so this they start book. printing. They start <laughs> right? printing fake. Yeah, they start printing fake money, and all the Mormons give all of their money into this to get this Mormon money. But there's no financing, and Joseph Smith and all of his homies are using the money to live this lavish lifestyle while everyone else is like like living poor and agrarian lives. And like, and then eventually a dude comes to town, and he's he's a real banker, and he's skeptical, and he blows it up, and they have a run on the bank, and they go bankrupt. Like so, all like, and and somehow Joseph Smith just keeps rolling with it. Like he keeps losing his fortune or losing his loved ones, and they and but because of this religion, more people come along and support him, or marry him, or bang him, or give him money, and like it just continues to go like that until um you know until basically it gets to a point where he's just. Much like he did early in his life, he's gotten to the point where like he's just such a fraud that even even the other people that are church are like he's your brain, you bra- know, yeah. and you what? hit the you What's hit that? the you hit the mute button, or we couldn't hear oh, you. Oh, weird. No, I didn't hit the mute button, but um, until Brigham Young, right? Like Brigham Young basically is the one that takes the baton, and and then eventually takes them to Utah, and of course. I mean that's not real. That that just that's kind of how the book is ending. Brigham Young becomes the head of the church and goes to Utah, and the rest is sort of history, right? But uh, but but it was absolutely gripping and and told in such a way that I mean this dude was like the ultimate con man, and yet it it gave birth to this religion that not only stood the test of time, but is say second only to the Catholic Church in terms of raw uh, financial. Influence. I mean, the the, the Mormon, the Latter Day Church, Latter Day Saints in the U.S. is a massively powerful yeah. uh, entity from a business perspective. And um, yeah, I just thought it was it was it was gripping, man. And and again, like it's it's a bunch of six and eight panel talking head pages, you know, fully colored, of course. But but uh, but but nevertheless, I mean, I thought this journey was just just fascinating, and I I I, I came away no more convinced that 
that like there's any validity to the religion itself. But like at the same point in time, I'm like, man, and I'm just so fascinated that like literally this religion was born out of fraud, but it persisted. And that says a lot about just our our human condition of 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 wanting to believe in well, things. It, it's not the only one. Right, L. Ron Hubbard it is not and Jack one. Parsons. And I, that was my, that was the beginning of my. Yeah. That was the premise I had in the beginning. But but the, I think maybe the difference here is that um, all of the major organized religions, which I would you know say, whether you're talking about Islam or or Christianity or Judaism or Hindu, like they're they're they are based in lore and 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 beginnings that that almost predate our ability to record them. Right? Yeah, like, I am messing yes, with the Islam. Recording. Yeah, no, that's not what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. But like Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard, oh, sure. Jack yes, Parsons, sure. yeah. let's mm-hmm. just fuck with people and, and reap the rewards. Um, yeah, yeah. Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, Jimmy Swagger, sure. even friggin' Mother Teresa. Like, sure. There, there have been scandals around her too. But I mean, whenever there is the the hope of a, of an afterlife and, and a, a peaceful resting place, people can be easily manipulated, right? Yeah, and it's just it's 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 sad and it's typical. I mean, but what's I, crazy is like, dude made it up on the fly, right? Like every right. time someone's like, "Yeah, but wait, what about?" He well, would just make bullshit up that didn't even make sense. Yeah, so did and Hubbard. They'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Hubbard just threw it together with Jack Parsons based on uh, Crowley's uh, the OTO. Not to get off on a tangent, but have you guys noticed? Well, you don't watch TV much, Vince. Maybe it's on YouTube too, but I know that. Dude, the the religions are throwing crazy money at the TV. Yes, they like are. Christianity. Like there are all those new commercials that are like trying to make Jesus like approachable, right? They're like, oh, dude yeah. was dude was hated by his family. You know, it's like I'm like, okay, yeah. So we're comparing Trumpers to Jesus now. Okay, cool. Um, but then also like the Scientology ads are everywhere. Yeah. They are spending a grip on trying to get new people. Yeah, yeah. It's um, if you allow. Uh, if you stay up late enough, almost to a channel, when the regular programming stops, mm-hmm. the religious wackos come on. Oh yeah. Oh, but yeah, no. That's, and it, but, it, like, it they pay for that time. Thing, but I'm saying like on like NFL football or like a yeah. show I'm watching, like the commercials are like Scientology and Jesus Christ. Stuff. Right. They're like, very I'm intrusive like, wow. ads on the YouTube too, because yeah. it'll be like it, it, you'll, you'll it'll show somebody and they're being ostracized by whoever and right. you know and it's just like oh jesus was ostracized too oh there's like the, come there's, on there's the immigrant one there's yeah. like oh you know and there's like jesus was an immigrant that was and it's like okay and then there's the like the trumper one like oh you know they, they, their families were split apart too and they didn't get along and then i'm like oh man okay and how hypocritical is it it's like you people cheered when <laughs> families were being ripped apart yeah. and you want to and 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 you can't stand immigrants but it's like meanwhile Here's Jesus, who's the ultimate one. I don't. But it, it, it's it just... totally makes sense because the the base of that um, of the voters who vote that way they're they're none too bright, right? So so no, it, for sure, for yeah. Sure. So I mean, religion. I'm not saying anybody that's religious isn't bright, but on average, the people that would believe these commercials would probably vote in that direction. I'm just saying. probably yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's probably fair, but. But yeah, but not to get off on a – I didn't mean to turn this into a rant on modern religion. But I will say uh, Noah Van Skyver does an a- absolute great job. And, and you know, I do feel I do feel like um, 
these these creators who have been doing it for a minute and they finally get a chance to do their their lifelong project like they're almost all always bangers man because like it, it really is their passion project and and uh and, and again this is this has made me want to really get deeper on noah's career yeah well i think mr uh well, let's call him Noah Van Skyver because I was just going to say Van Skyver, but you could go down a totally different road uh, with that. But and I don't he, believe they're any relation. I used to think they were brothers, but I don't think they're related, right? I think they are. Are they? I, I don't know. Brothers. If they are, they're yeah. like cousins. They're not brothers. I know that. Well, anyway, Noah must draw constantly because Fante Bukowski is a huge book. Yeah, and yeah. the you know the Grateful Dead volume is not slim, but it's it's over a hundred pages. Like uh, I've seen the guy's uh, stuff. He he draws all. He's drawing and writing all the time. There's if, if I you can't swing a cat in my reading room without hitting an anthology that ha- doesn't have Noah Van Skyver in it somewhere. Like it's, he's just omnipresent in that part of comics. And I was like, wow, that's dedication. You know, how many pages is this uh, Joseph Smith? One second here. Hold on. And it, again, it is by Abrams. It's a nice hardcover. It's got a. Uh, it's got an embedded. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a ribbon I, bookmark. Yeah, ribbon. Thank you. I nice. Yeah, it is four hundred and sixty <gasps> pages. He's amazing. The guy's amazing. Now I will say to be, uh, it's like three hundred. Yeah, four thirty-three of of comic, and then uh, and then there's like thirty. 40 pages of uh of reference where he 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 gives you you know factoids of where he got the stuff from oh that's so uh by the way i let me reverse everything i just said ethan and noah are in fact brothers yep yeah well we do that which is so crazy we didn't want to correct you but uh they are so different i just wonder what like thanksgiving and christmas is i would imagine i'm pretty sure they do not i i (laughs) i think i think for his sanity i'm pretty sure noah keeps away from yeah (laughs) cyber frog (laughs) fucking greatest character ever yeah talk about a fucking grifter yeah there you go see they're all they're of that of that stripe right i want to hear dap talk about a book uh, three books that he recently read I don't want to hear about all of them. Just tell me about. <laughs> just tell me why I should read them. Oh man, this is I. When when you shared last minute with us, and and I started reading it, one of, one of my first responses on the Slack was that. The, I seem to just be, hip deep in long form works, this week, and Good thing. I read I read the first three books, which consist of the first cycle, of published by Europe comics. Uh, it's a series called Renaissance. And um, the first book is called the subtitle, the uprooted um, Fred Duvall is your writer. M M E M E M all one word is your artist and, and colorist. Um, I noticed the fifth book was out recently, so I was like, "What the hell is this?" And 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 so I went through the uh, the digital catalog and found the first book, which um, I believe was published in 2019. Um, again, from Europe Comics, and I this could not be more of a 180 from Last Man, and not not be the setting, the the, the the concept um 
Last Man seems to take place in some far, far away, long ago land. Uh, Renaissance, our story begins in, in 2084. And it's a, it's a science fiction story. So again, yeah, right there, it's right up my alley. The art is stunning. I cannot keep my eyes off these pages. And, and I mean, I read the first book and I was just, I was completely engrossed and, and, and I finished it and I went to the second book and I was just, I, I, I just, uh, and then I got uh, about 20 or so pages into the third book and then Vince drops last man on it. So I was like, all right, let me pause and, and just ran through that and then went back to Renaissance and, and, and finished a third book last night. And uh, there's, we, we've seen so many, we've read so many, we've heard so many stories about aliens and they're either, they're either warmongers or they just, they want to enslave humanity. Uh, they want to take over the world or, or, or rob us of our resources, whatever aliens are evil. And that's, the way it is that everybody's et and this though it just it turns the whole idea on on its head and and so we're introduced at the start of the first book um basically the world is waterlogged it, it, it's it's we've had obviously you know ice caps have melted and and things are just things aren't horrible but it's it we're definitely on this path to, to a degree. And um, we begin in Paris where basically uh, the Eiffel tower is you know, sticking up out of, out of the water. Um, they, they've kind of turned into like an apartment complex. They're there. They're, they're, they're people living on in the Eiffel tower. Uh, people are fishing off the side of the tower so they can, uh, they can get dinner, but the virus has kind of um, ravaged the area. Um, and it seems to have come from some, seems to have come from Normandy, but, um, we're introduced first to Helene, uh, and, and her husband, Luke and, and their son. And, uh, we, we don't see, we focus on Helene more than anything else, but, um, they're, uh, they're planning on leaving Paris, but unfortunately, um, the uh they're they're placing the the tower into quarantine and uh even though they're they're planning on leaving paris on wednesday that that's not happening so as uh as the 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 guards come to uh you know lock everything down and keep people in place um people start looking ahead up to the skies as, as big shadows start to um start to appear then we cut to texas near near fort worth um and now we're introduced to liz hamilton who's um who's not, not a fire chief but she's definitely in charge she's she's with the fire department she's one of the head honchos and and i'm i realized as i was writing my notes how complete opposites uh liz and and helene are and, and the fact that helene is surrounded by water um in Texas, the oil fields are are, are burning. They're, 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 there's explosions randomly, but but like Texas is basically on fire. So it, it, again, it, it, it's they're opposites on either side of the world. But um, Liz has 
her husband Yuri, three girls, and uh, and and so Liz sends her family away because she has to take care of business, um, and she uh, she makes her way to um, to where the uh, to where the fire the underground fires are are blowing things up. Um, she gets there; they're trying to keep everything secure and 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 safe and prevent more explosions and again they look up and we have more shadows appearing but now we finally see that there's these giant massive spaceships and these little drones springing off of uh off of these huge cruisers um and they uh we we zoom in on one of the one of the ships and and we see the occupants um and we're introduced to Uswan, which is not his real name. Uh, but they have decided to be more appealing to, to, to make humans feel more comfortable. Um, the aliens that are arriving have been, um, have been given names, simpler names that humans can understand and say, um, names meant to evoke some of the more beautiful things on earth. So Swan is, uh, is in the military is what is what they call a forester. He's, um, he's a really good soldier. Uh, he's, uh, he's married. We're, we're, we're watching the ceremony as the, uh, as the story begins, uh, to Sadie, who's a doctor. And, uh, they're trying to be deployed, um, to the same location, but it, it's not possible. Uh, Sadie ends up going, to Paris, Swan heads to um, heads to Texas, and just the way things are explained and 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 the, the amount of detail, like nothing is really kind of just thought about it. The creative team did not like like Duval did not just decide, okay, I just want to go. We're gonna have these giant, you know, any kind of item they want to create you know we'll just we'll just create and, and we're not going to worry about the science behind it or or it's just it's, it's all science fiction and it's comics the the, the kids will run with it they, 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 we don't have to explain anything but they actually do go into detail and make you feel like the, the, there's centuries that these the species the the um the canalas the the knocklins the cobalts they've they're part of a um a conglomerate or group uh, that have um, have have studied, have have um, surveyed other planets in our galaxy and our solar system. Um, no prime directive here. They 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 have assisted um, once all the uh, deciding bodies have come together and 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 voted on it. They've decided whether or not they should help and um, and such a committee was formed. They decided that, you know, earth needs help. Apparently they did. They almost, they almost, um, decided to uh, step in. This is 2084, about 140 years ago, which would have been world war two. Uh, for whatever reason, they did not, they did not interfere. They let nature take its course. Um, there may be some regrets. There may be some guilt in, regarding that, but, but, but these aliens live for hundreds of years. Um, and, and they are extremely empathetic. They, uh, there, there is an actual concern. You feel it through the art, 
and and, and th- 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 there is concern for humanity. They they want this planet and people on it uh, to survive. Nobody, as far as right now, at least the first three books, there's been no ulterior motives. There's been nothing. No, nobody's trying. Like I said, nobody's trying to explain it, enslave anybody, um, or, or pillage the planet. They are they are legitimately here to help. And um, and of course, humans being humans, they're they're a little apprehensive and and they fight back at first. And we quickly get it get the sense that uh, obviously this isn't our visitors first rodeo um their uh their suits are equipped to um among other things disperse a uh, a relaxant and uh so so there's a couple of people who are about to come thrash swan with uh, with sticks and he basically just kind of waves his hand and and the guy kind of just it's, it's almost like it's it's the nitrous oxide he just starts laughing starts giggling and it's just really calm um Liz tries to run away from Swan, and when she does, she gets clipped by a car, and that car careens towards another one, and that car is about to run over Liz. Um, but Swan, again, with his suit, is able to kind of like reverse magnetism, kind of repels the, the vehicle, and gently lowers it down on the ground. At the same time, he also hit them with the um, with, with the with the drug, and, and, and they're giggling in the vehicle. Liz... He, he, he gives Liz the relaxant and, and she's uh, and then he reveals his face and she's like, well, if it's a light relaxant, then why the hell am I hallucinating? Because the the canals kind of look slightly lizard like, um, but they obviously they, they, they are very, very apparent that they are aliens. They are not from from this world. Um, there's. Uh, when. Helene, we, we find out that Helene is basically she's she's been separated from her family. Helene um, is not infected. She's uh, she is one of the few people who does not seem to be affected by the virus, but her son and her husband are. Uh, she just desperately wants to see her family. She's like, I want to see my husband. I want to see my son. Um, but Sadie, again, who's a doctor, she's trying to calm Liz down because she wants to figure out why. Liz doesn't have the fever. Um, and she can't just, you know, take her blood because, um, you know, it needs to be of her free will, her, 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 her thinking, her feeling. We, 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 we can't drug her or anything. The, 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 we got to make sure everything, everything is above board. Her, her metabolism, they're all, all her readings, everything is finalized and it's a normal day. So, so we're not going to, we can't manipulate her in any way, shape or form. Um, and Sadie does end up calming her down eventually. Um, she's, uh, she's explaining what, what's going on, why they're here and, and, and why they're trying to help Helene and, and Helene's family. Um, while that's going on, Swan is tending to Liz's sprained ankle from, from getting hit by the car. Um, all Liz cares about is finding her family. And she, she's like, I don't, she's like, I don't care what's going on in the world. I just got to find my family. And the, uh, Swan's like, fine, I'll, I'll help you find your family. But we also have to figure out, we, we also have to squash all the underground fires. And, and cause otherwise, you know, 
everything we're trying to do is going to be all for naught. Um, unfortunately, Liz is not a woman of her word because she uh, she she tells Swan, "I'll do whatever you need, and and you know you'll help me find my family. I'll help you first. We'll take care of that." Swan's like, "Okay, that's great. Go rest." I'll call my wife. I'll be back in a little bit. Um, he comes back to the apartment and Liz leaves a note. She's like, I'm sorry. I lied. And, and she pops in the car and she takes off. Um, and the, uh, while, while that happens, Helene does get to go see her family. She then lets, um, she, she lets Sadie know that, uh, you know, Whatever you need, my blood is yours. We'll get to the bottom of this together. Um, Sadie has a partner. She she's been teamed up with a um, with Pablo, who's who's a uh, who's a cobalt, and um, there everybody has you know everybody has their mission. Everybody has what they're supposed to do. You got the doctors taking care of the sick. You've got uh, the the foresters or the soldiers. Um, making sure things are fine in Texas. Um, it's explained, you know, they're pacifists. Nobody is here trying to hurt anyone. Um, and, and as they say this, the Northern Federalists arrive with their weapons and they start blasting everybody. And um, that kind of makes things not go peacefully. But but the uh, but our new friends take care of that pretty quickly. Um, and, and so we get to see the weapons, their abilities in action as, as the story continues. Um, when the reason Liz takes off is because her, uh, her husband's car was found in the desert. So that's when, that's when Swan's like, we'll go to the car, but first we have to do this. And, and that's when Liz is like, you know, cool. Sure. Yeah. No problem. You know, with her fucking fingers crossed behind her back. Um, and, other little things that I find neat. Um, the aliens, their, their, their language translators work pretty well, except for Pablo's. Um, his verbs are all kind of jumbled up. Like, uh, they, um, when, when he's speaking, um, like for example, we reaches the village in Normandy in 12 minutes. I hopes you not disturbed by the strange speed, Helene. And, and Helene's like, you know, your, your translator's all screwed up blue. And, and he's like, sorry, you be sure. And, and she's like, you know, you sounds like some kind of trained monkey compared to the Dr. Sadie. And, and, and you find out later in one of the other books that, you know, it's like basically a software patch and everything gets, but it's like, it's those little touches that just keep me enamored with, with, with this story. Um, when, uh, the the first book ends with Liz um, coming across a uh, she she she's entering another town, and a bunch of these little um, redneck hillbilly looking dudes, mullets and uh, Confederate caps, are uh, see her approaching from a distance. Um, then they refer to her as prey and and say don't damage the card and that's when the uh the first book ends but i mean it's just it's yeah, the, the the art is just absolutely amazing the colors are popping um 
the uh the the second book goes into more detail the 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 aliens are using the moon basically kind of to set up shop things are things are made pretty quickly and easily it's like they have these massive giant 3d printers that can kind of just set up new structures and and uh create weapons or vehicles um the uh there's some politics in the first book regarding um what will be involved in, in helping Earth in the future. I mean, I'm not talking about it. it it's not more the b- more boring parts of the prequels where we're sitting around a Senate room listening to people talk. But it's it's but it, it was also helping is, is the visuals, even even when they're having their little discussions about what to do with the planet. Um, there's one part in the third book where. Uh, Sadie is talking to Helene. And, and she's like, I have some bad news. And Helene's like, well, what's going on? She's like, well, we're ha- we're going to have to leave earlier than we anticipated. We're only going to be here for three hundred for for three centuries and not four. And it's like, okay, and little things like that. It's like so you're going to be here like that long to make because sure, you're not. It's not a fly by night operation. We're not just going to hit it and quit it and 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 set you up and take care of yourselves. I mean, they're going to be here for the long. So it's the thought put in to this story and and this. I I don't know. How long it's going? Uh, if you go to EuropeComics.com, it just says ongoing, and and so I haven't, I haven't turned to the last page of the fifth book to see if it's just if it's still if it also says to be continued, and I don't know if it is what the sixth book is coming, but um, it has just been an absolute joy, and and um, now when when we're done, um, if I don't start. On the books of the month, which we'll announce soon uh, before this episode's over, um, I'll probably jump to the fourth book tonight. But uh, but it is just it's 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 a blast. It is I I I love the medium when it gives us things like this. It's it's just it's absolutely amazing. It is it's it's the beginning of the year, and it is one of those things where like like Vince was just saying with Last Man, it is it's this is. This is the kind of story and art that I will be comparing things to over the next few months as, as we get further into the year. This is I know, I know it's not a new work, but um, it it just it absolutely struck a chord. I, I think this is this is fantastic. And um, if I can get an actual physical copy and, and not these digital versions from, from Europe, I will I will jump on them. But uh, it's. It's amazing. Uh, the second book is, is subtitled Interzone. Third is Permafrost, and um, they all they, they, they're all related to, to what goes on in, in in each book so far. But man, it's it's good shit. I'm I'm so enjoying it. Dave, you'd love to see it. My man Dap is hyped. <sighs> his his analysis was as dense as the fucking books themselves. <laughs> <laughs> as, because if as, you look at a page, it is just wall to wall image, dialogue balloons, narration. Like there is text all over the place on these things. It looks great. It really does. I'll co-sign the art. I didn't read it yet, but it is dense. Like there's there's a yeah. lot of shit it's going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's uh, yeah. That's the. That's the low-hanging fruit when, whenever we talk about something like this. Like, yeah, it's very heavy metal. When heavy metal was good. And I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, yes. I want to talk about this book not to get uh, an Wait. image of... What? One sec. One sec. I just, before you move on, I got to say that <clears throat> we were talking about The Last Man. 
Oh, and uh, Vince was butchering the, uh, the the name. It's Bastion Vives. And dude, that's the homie who drew La Grand Odalisque and Olympia. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I know. Like <laughs> well, you didn't mention that. Dude. I didn't I because I wanted you to pick up on it on your own. But did you also know my man's been canceled? Why? I know it's rough. Ah, who cares? What did he Stamp do? French. He was supposed. They were supposed to have a uh, a Vives uh, Expo art expo at Angoulême this year. It was the it's the, it was the fiftieth anniversary of Angoulême. For those who don't know, uh, and they canceled it um, because of massive pushback and protests. Uh, I guess because of some of his works that have come out in over the years have been accused of uh, being uh, pro pedophilia. I know nothing of it. I, I don't know these works. So. Well, uh, if the works are pro-pedophilia and his real life was not, then I don't care. Yeah, he, he – I mean, to, again, I don't – like, I love – I loved those, the two books from Fantagraphics. I, he, you know, he made a statement saying very much that, that uh, you know, in no uncertain terms, he, he, he condemns any kind of, like, rape culture or pedophilia and, and – in, in real life and that you know he's had a very varied career covering lots of different genres and styles and yeah and that you know his work is not his his personal views but but uh yeah so I'm, i mean i'm i have no reason not to believe the guy but i just was like oh man i mean i canceled this year i didn't even know that isn't it better to work it out in a fictional realm than it is to work in to 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 purge this stuff in the real well, world i don't even Wait, know what these stories are about tomorrow. yeah whatever to whether i think this um but uh first of all he's younger than i thought he's only 38 um but uh, but he's a beast. I mean, uh, and also a uh, last man. Uh, it's almost a decade old. I didn't realize it was that old either. Yeah, there you go. Oh, wow. well, you'll read it and you'll love it. So, um, what was I going to say? Yes, I'm not. I did not. Imagorama. Yeah, yeah. I didn't choose this book just to have an imagorama, uh, but I because I thoroughly enjoyed this title. Uh, I don't know if either of you read it because I didn't see it on your your list. But uh, it's called Almighty, number yeah. one. Yeah, it was you, on my list last week. Oh, okay, good. You read, read it. it. Uh, written and drawn by Edward LaRoche. Uh, color art by Brad Simpson. Like I said, it's published by Image. Story is super simple. Um, it is the antithesis of Renaissance. It is a uh, young lady who's kidnapped. And uh, someone is is sent for unknown reasons to rescue said young lady. But there's a couple of uh, stepping stones one needs to traverse to understand this world. Um, in 2059, the United States was embroiled in a civil war. Uh, and, and when an environmental upheaval on the West Coast prompts the members of the warring factions to stop shooting shit at each other and join together to combat whatever this calamity was. And 20 years later, in 2079, America goes bankrupt. Why? Because they built a giant wall. (laughs) (laughs) Money and resources are gone, and the country is literally and symbolically walled off from the rest of the world. So Love to see it. Yes, when the book starts in 2098, you got a young lady named Dell, and she's kidnapped by a pack of these savage assholes under the command of a, a sleaze bag named Strike. Okay, 
Dell's pretty resourceful and and she wiggles out of her restraints and uh, may have sheared off her own pinky to do so. Uh, so she's trying to escape her captors. It's all for naught as the, the trio, uh, which were led by a man named Warlock, easily catch up to her. And they're about to make her very, very sorry for her actions when, out of nowhere, you see this coming, uh, Del's skin is saved by an orange-eyed, tattooed woman named Fail. Yes, uh, who quickly cuts down the trio and pledges to bring Del home. Um, but, here's the big but, unfortunately for the pair, Warlock was the brother of the top dog, Strike. Um, they even have this same goofy tattoo on their forehead. Um, and the hunt, as they say, is on. Uh, I thought this book was great. It's really smart because it's the first issue, as I said, and it's extra sized. It's 40 pages for the same price as a regular length issue. I love this tactic, right? Give me more on which to chew. Sink that hook deeper. If you give me extra pages and I enjoy what you're bringing to the table, the chances of me coming back from the, for the second and and further issues is is much much greater. Do you agree, Dap? Agreed. Yes. But I, yeah. uh, no, go to say something. No, no, no. I thought the um, I didn't know. I I, I read the pre I read the PDF from um, from Image when we got the email and I um it was one of a bunch of few that I just grabbed that day and I was kind of I I dug the uh the way the way everything unfolds where kind of get what's happening now a little bit of a flashback and then and and then they ramp up to the evil that will be chasing our friends but um this was the look is great it's um there are parts of it where it's uh, some of it reminds me a little bit of Cully Hamner. Some of it reminds me of um, the the Grendel Tale stuff by like Pat McGowan. Uh, it, it's I like the art a lot, um, but the whole idea behind the way the world is in in this book is really intriguing and i want to see more about that yeah the world's fucked up but one it of really the things is. i like about this book is that okay the art is like very raw yep um there's no finesse here it's 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 either extremely it's chiaroscuro it's either extremely light or it's extremely dark um there's there's no elegance to it it's it's savage and it kind the art kind of uh, form follows function right the, mm. the the world is fucked up and savage and so yes let's depict that in the art but yes it's an unforgiving it's a dangerous place but there are these pockets and it happens in the issue the first issue there are these pockets of like serene beauty like tranquility and the the um fail and and dell are, are on the road and they're trying to escape notice they're just trying not to be spotted and and um uh, dell has to pee and so fails like <laughs> you're just gonna piss right here because i'm not letting you out of my sight i said i would bring you home in order for me to do that you have to listen to every word that i say 
look at just just go just do your thing and they're surrounded by this beautiful hilly rampart meadow thing with trees and it's really it's beautiful right but it 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 can it goes it runs counter to the whole world like I appreciate the fact that the world depicted wasn't completely ravaged by whatever that environmental disaster predicated the building of the wall, right? So it, what I guess what I'm trying to say is it's good to see a glimmer of hope amidst all the carnage and the shit because there's tons of that in this book. Mm. But I thought it was nice that they stopped for a little bit and they're actually sitting underneath a tree and just relaxing for this couple of minutes you know and then yes now we have to go run for our lives again because this crazy wackadoodle with a forehead tattoo is <laughs> is coming after us because we you know we inadvertently killed his brother i i thought the book was great and it was only 3.99 i yeah. scooped it i scooped i i looked at the preview thank you image the digital preview that that were afforded and mm -hmm. i said you know what when Wednesday comes around, I'm getting this, and I'm telling Dave to to put this on my pull list. I want it. I want Attaboy. it all. Yeah, that's the point. That's the whole reason why they give us these things. This is true. Yes. Well, um, they really give us this thing because they want us to talk about the books. But yes, but I can't abide by digital. I'm, that's not going to satiate me. I need the paper. So you need it. I bought it. And Almighty Number One, written and drawn by Edward Laroche. Colored by Brad, it's it could be LaRoche, LaRoche, whatever. Uh, LaRoche. Yeah, color art by Brad Simpson, and of course it is published by Image. Get on the train now. Netflix, on it. Netflix will probably pick this up as a, I mean, I'm not, I'm just saying, it would be very easy to film this. Mm -hmm. So far. It looks like things are going to uh, compound with issue two. Okay. Judged by the, the, the scant preview we, we were uh, afforded at the end of this issue. One page. <laughs> but it looks like new people enter the fray. So, mm. or, or, or people that were only hinted upon or shown briefly in the first issue enter the fray and try and take out uh, Dell and uh, fail. But anyway, I liked it a real lot. Almighty, number one. What would you say, Deb? Anything? No, I cosign. That's what I was hoping you would say. Yep. Dap and I, we're on the same tag team. This uh, same wavelength. Yep, yep, yep. See what happens when you're that pay, pay attention. Pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Man, that's salty. Uh, more comics, Jason? Anything? You know, Jason, yeah. I have the first two issues. I don't know if you're going to talk about it next, but I do want to hear about Avengers War Across Time. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. I, I, I do have something else I want to talk about, but I will mention, because I can be brief with that. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people complain about this book, and I say you all are, are horrible people who have no souls. Mark um, Yeah, listen, this book is exactly what I expected it to be, and it's exactly what it should be. Listen, for those that don't know what we're talking about, Avengers War Across Time is a... Stap's taking a piss. Um... <laughs> Uh, is is a five issue Marvel Avengers miniseries. The conceit, though, is that Paul Levitz, aka you know Mr. Mount DC. Rushmore or close to Mount Rushmore, seriously DC. one of one of the grand poobahs of, of yeah. comics. Yeah, 
Never, never got a chance. He was a lifer at DC. He never got a chance to write a Marvel series. And uh, I don't know how this came about, but somehow or another, they're like, hey, Paul, you feel like writing the Avengers series? And he agreed. And they got, they didn't just get some schleppo to draw for him. They got one of the greatest superhero artists of all time in Alan Davis to draw it. Nice. You tell me that you're going to give me an Avengers book drawn by Alan Davis if the plot is completely nonsensical, like if it's like, you know, but I'm going to enjoy it. But that said, um, this is this is just a pure nostalgia bomb. This is a book set in the very earliest, literally the early days of the Avengers, like Avengers 1, like level era. Um, and it's written in that way. It's written like those characters would have talked back if this book came out back in Silver Age. And so, you know, and it's it's it starts off with the whole... Kang messing with the Avengers with the with the Hulk robot and 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 then in the second issue we get um, we we get a little Asgardian joint where uh, the troll who made uh, uh, Mjolnir pops up in New York and is done and and is doing battle. It, it's just it, it's it's it is not that deep. It is exactly what if you said to me what would a Paul Levitt's Avengers comic read like? It reads like this. I guess some thought it was going to be some kind of like. Alan Moore modern pathos because it's it's come out in 2023. That's not what this was intended for. Like Paul Levitz is an older gentleman who wrote comics decades ago in a certain way. Like I didn't expect him to, you know, write like Scott Snyder or Tom King. You know, I, I just don't know that that would ever have been my expectation. But apparently, based on the buzz I've seen, that is the expectation some people had. And I say it's it, that's a you problem, not a not a Levitz problem. <laughs> Um, but it looks great, you know. Again, it's Alan Davis drawing the classic Avengers, which is right and just stroking my heartstrings, and uh, it's a lot of fun, you know. I I'll probably double dip. I, I hope they because of the, the the caliber of the creators involved uh, that they put it out in a hardcover. If they do, I'll double dip. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun, you know. And again, it's very it it it's not deep. There, you know, it is surface level superheroes fighting bad guys. There's there's not a lot there beyond that, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, um, but the book I did want to mention uh, is from Oni, and I don't feel like I talk about Oni very often, but, but uh, there you have it. Rick and Morty? Yep. Totally, totally. Oh, yeah. No, it is, uh, and, and I may be butchering this name, so I apologize if I am. It is uh, Isun Boshi, um, a graphic novel. It is a retelling of a, uh, at least allegedly, I'll have to take their word for it, um, a well-known Japanese folktale. Involving a six-inch samurai named Isun Boshi. Um, the premise is that there is a sword, like a almost like a godlike cosmic sword that helps create the earth. And the sword is so powerful that the powers that be uh, basically destroy it into five par- uh, into four parts, and they hide the four parts in different places on the planet. Um, and a uh, a Japanese demon, an oni, um, gets wind of stumbles upon the first part in a, in a it was hidden in a tree. He stumbles upon it, kind of accidentally. But when he grabs it, it imbues him with power and intelligence, and 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 transforms him. And and he also then gains knowledge of the fact that the other parts are out there. And if he can get all four parts, he can basically take over the world. So that's the premise, and this Oni uh, and his his legion of ne'er do wells are going around the world trying to find these pieces, and they eventually find three of the four pieces. The final piece being 
the soul of the sword, and that soul is housed in a six-inch uh, dude named Isunboshi. And it's kind of like Superman, where this elderly couple who had always wanted kids but couldn't have them would go to this uh, this uh, altar every day and pray for a kid, and they never got the kid. And then uh, when when the the sword does when the sword gets broken up, they are presented with a little six-inch child and and that child grows up to be a well i don't know if it's six inch when they, when they were the child but but now that fast forward and 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 Ethan boshi is a six inch man and he is uh trained to be a samurai by some people that know of him and his importance to the realm and um and and he and he he and his his allies fight against this oni and his allies and uh have a grand epic you know fantasy battle for the fate of the world and uh, you know it's a folk it's a folk tale, so you can imagine that they live happily ever after, right? The good guys win. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun, and it's it's a Japanese folk tale. Uh, it is a a book written and drawn in it's like an English native book. It's drawn and written by Ryan Lang, and the art is absolutely stunning. The art is just it's like straight out of like a uh, I mean, you look like almost looks like you're looking at at, at cell animation uh, from uh, from a, a an animated film. Uh, it's it's yeah. it's just gorgeous stuff. Very it's black and white. I should mention the book is black and white, um, and uh, it's great. And it and it, it it touches on lots of different uh, Japanese folklore, different types of demons. There's these things called the uh, Gasha de Kuro, which are these gigantic, awesome looking skeleton creatures, which reminded me a bit of. Uh, now they're giant. They're giant, which is, but they reminded me a bit of the, the 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 Harryhausen, Jason and the Argonauts stuff. You know, um, it's just a lot of fun, man. Just a, a big, huge Japanese uh, uh, fantasy fable, uh, and it was great. So, uh, I bought it just basically on the power of the solicit a few months ago in previews, and I'm really glad I did. That's awesome. Look at you, Isun Boshi. Yeah, it's very slick. It is. Looks good. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I haven't read it, so uh, far be it from me to criticize. But I kind of wish it was in color. Uh, yeah, the, the covers in color. I don't, I don't know why it's in black and white. Like, I'm not sure what the choice was there. I, I'm assuming maybe he wanted it to evoke like that it was old times. Maybe. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's still extremely beautiful to look at but um i just i don't understand if it's um nature based why isn't it in color but it could be a, a, yeah. a, a an economic thing like maybe True. it would cost True. too much to print and so therefore either get it out or don't so it looks great mm-hmm. yes cool all right you sons of bitches you have anything else to talk about comics <laughs> no i gotta tell my kid to go to bed though Oh, good. Hey. He should have been a bed already, but I hear him talking still. Well, it, it, he is uh, a young man and smart. So, 14, um, 14. Yeah, young man. Hey, everybody. Uh, we hope you love this. We hope you come back for the next one. And while we're at it, let's give it on up for the people that made this happen. It's our patrons. Yo, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. They give to us. We bat it back to them. What do we bat back? Audio, video, images, downloads, complete 
fanzines from the past. You can download them and read them. Um, pages a day. You you get uh, access to the book of the month. You can say, yo, I think you should read this. And the dedicated Slack channel is the best. So if you would like us to open the door a crack and you can slide right in, we would love it if you would. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. In your travels, what do I want you to do? I want you to buy a back issue. Mm. Like I did. Uh, this week, um, one of our wonderful family, Christopher Burton, uh, bought a, uh, a duck book. And I was like, hot damn, I need another duck book in my life because I don't have enough duck books. So this week at the mm-hmm. shop, I picked up Disney uh, Walt Disney Giant number three, which features Donald Duck. And uh, the noteworthy thing, aside from the fact that it begins with a Carl Bark story and ends with a Don Rosa story, uh, both of the stories are linked in that the first one is Barks' introduction of the Super Snooper from uh, Walt Disney's Comics and Stories number 107, August 1949. And then the Don Rosa, Super Snooper Strikes Again, was from uh, Donald Duck Adventures 34 from March 1993. But that's not the thing I want to talk about. The noteworthy, one of the noteworthy things about this issue is there is a text page in the back okay. that says uh see the cover and it's a cover of donald uh fist pumping in the air and he's uh flanked by a quartet of images donald flying in the air donald accosting a, a looks like a vulture or an eagle donald um in a in a boat an ocean calamity and donald whatever in a in the heart of what looks like a volcano but um that was not the original cover the original cover was a pastiche by don rosa of the cover of superman number one oh the fa the, the famous cameo cover superman 64 pages of action all in full color complete story of the daring exploits of the one and only super snooper with donald in the role of Superman. But, get this, editorial liked it, but they showed it to a Disney fan. Mm. And and a Disney fan didn't get the joke. They didn't understand what the deal was. So they scrapped it (laughs) because one person didn't understand it. They scrapped it because they were unsure that the Disney fandom would connect with the the the, the premise, the the real link of the cover that they had Rosa redraw the cover. And I was like, "Stupid moments in comic history, number one forty four, scrapping scrapping a Superman number one pastiche cover by Don Rosa for the sake of one." meathead who didn't understand it oh god but anyway this issue cost me a buck um Aww. yeah and and the i guess when did the mighty ducks come out because this the issue movie? yes this issue was published <laughs> the 90s well yeah but uh this issue was published in it doesn't really say yes it does 1996 
the typography on the front looks very close to the Mighty Ducks. And it, it, it even says, Donald, the Mighty Duck. So I'm guessing, did Mighty Ducks come out in 96? Because they're not only capitalizing on, you know, Carl uh, Barks and Don Rosa, but they're also capitalizing on the Mighty Ducks movie. So there you go. Yes, and it is published by Gladstone. I love it. Uh, Donald the Mighty Duck in Walt Disney Giant number four, number three. Um, go buy a back issue and learn something. Do it. Yeah, I didn't. Do it, I, do it. I had no idea. <laughs> so stupid. I don't get it. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Damn. Yeah. <sighs> okay. In your travels, I um, I mean, I spent bulk of my time reading what we already discussed, but I did start um, flipping through the second volume of um, Human Writer Kuga, uh, which is a little bit more violent than the first book because you got people throwing themselves. Well, people being thrown off rubes. Um, but I also uh, have to catch up on a couple other things like um, Gotham City Year One and uh, GCPD The Blue Wall. So I'll probably have some of that read for next week. But yeah, in your travels, um, I'll stick with uh, Kim Rider Kuga from Titan Comics or Titan Manga. Yes. I didn't. I, I I got it, but I didn't start it yet. Okay. So it's thinner than the first volume, but it's yeah, fine. Yeah, it's the thing. It's only four chapters. Like twelve ninety nine. What? Come on. And then I oh so beef it up a little bit. The shop the shop has all first twelve volumes of Chainsaw Man, which all seem to be about nine ninety nine. But they also have like the complete honking set of like a spy family. And and my hero academia and so I was talking to my dude and because um, I was thinking about you know I, I I read them from through the app through the Shonen Jump app it's great yeah. and I'm like do I really want and and there's that whole discussion we had recently about buying what we've already read and just trying to branch out and try something new so I'm like do I really want mm. physical copies of this that I already read and and he said that you know maybe just wait until the holidays Viz May or, or, or Shonen Jump may just put out or yeah, Viz may put out a, a, a box set of, of the series so maybe I'll wait to see how that looks or or if they come out with the bigger collections like they do with um, Berserk or, or that's or what I was going to say if, if they yeah. do a Berserk style Chainsaw Man which is then I'm doing that highly I, I highly doubt they will I, I doubt it too right but because that's that there's a there's a prestige and a pedigree with the Dark Horse stuff like they've done that with Berserk and and a bunch of other um, top like Trigon you know Classroom yeah I'm not sure but okay. uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, you don't need it. You got it on the no, app. No, I know right. you don't yeah, need it. I got it. it on the app. I read it. I'm watching yeah. the anime, or well, at least the, the episodes that, that have been released so far. So yeah, but it is. It was. I was just surprised to see that they had every single volume because they don't have all the volumes. They don't have the. They don't have any. Well, I didn't check this week, um, but they had sold out of uh, Dan to Dan. So you know that it's a good sign. The, yeah. No, I mean the, no. They're the people there. They're, they're, the patrons there um, know 
and love uh, their manga. So it's 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 nice. nice to see. Nice, and it's close. You could sleep there. It's true. <laughs> you, you freaking could sleep would love there. To. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would love to. You would love to. Or I would love to lock you in there and then go back to the wife. Stop. It would happen. Damn. I'm just guy. saying. I'm just saying. This motherfucker over here. I got a long ass title for you in your travels. Uh, Literally. In your travels, check out the Bone Orchard Mythos colon 10,000 Black Feathers. What the heck? Um, what is this? Yeah. Yes. Yes. What is this, Vince, you ask? Funny you should ask. Uh, this is right up your alley. It's Andrea Sorrentino, your favorite. Oh, uh, and yeah. Jeff and Jeff and Jeff Lemire. Oh, it, that's this right. is their. Yeah, J- Jeff and Sorrentino uh, launched a new uh, ongoing horror world, uh, the Bone Orchard and Mythos, and they started with a graphic novel came out last year called The Passageway. Um, this is the uh, follow up to that. It is, uh, as I said, it's a, it was a miniseries called Ten Thousand Black Feathers, five issues. Um, hey man, like like you know the whole premise of this world, this bone is 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 horror. It's it's a uh, and Jeff is more of a psychological horror type of a guy than a crazy monster type of a guy. Um, but the the story at its at its heart is essentially two uh, two girls, best friends, um, inseparable, very different from each other, but um, kind of opposites tracked. Uh, one of them, Jack disappearing one day and uh, never to be found again never with no clues um and it uh, it it never sits well with trish she can never accept what happened to her friend and 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 she's never stopped trying to figure it out she eventually figures out that um that jackie is trapped in the bone orchard mythos which they created with the power of their imagination when they were young and uh if, if, through the series um Trish comes to that realization and has to go into the to the bone orchard and try and rescue her friend. And uh, hijinks ensue. I'll leave it at that. But uh, um, I, I'm I'm I've always been a fan of of, of Jeff and, and Sorrentino working together. This is I believe their fourth collaboration. So I knew I would enjoy this on at least some level. But uh, this is creepy stuff. It's very um, it's uh, it, it's it's certainly uh, like I said. It's like largely psychological horror uh about the power of of your mind and how your mind can take you to dark places but uh but i'm here for it and like i said i think their plan is to put out this stuff every not quite like a brubaker phillips model but like pretty frequently they're going to put out miniseries tied into this this world interconnected but not necessarily like linearly following one another so nice yeah Mm -hmm. cool all right this was fun. This last. Always. Wasn't it? Yes. Always. Hey, everybody. It's Orbis Solaris, dude. Come on. I know, right? But it's really not. I well, saw, honestly, I, how, smart, how smart it was it to create, like, you know, we always say, like, with superheroes, oh, it's all been done before. But, like, I always like when you take some something about a character that seems so obvious but no one ever did before. Like, it's so obvious that there would be four Sinisters, right? Because mm-hmm. he's got the diamond on his forehead, yes. so of course it would be one of four card ca- like that's. But like you say, yes, now because we've seen it. It's like, smart. Makes, it's very. Right, smart. It makes so much sense. But no one did it for thirty years. But and that's like, see that word. That's that word. Smart. That 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 descriptive term is emblematic of the 
Hickman and post-Hickman mm-hmm. spin on the X-Books. That's why I enjoy them. Yeah, yeah. Are, are they all like bangers? No. But no, no. The, the least of them is still a better read than the stuff that came before to me. Oh, agreed, agreed, totally. Yes. All right, everybody. Hey, uh, we thank you for being here with us one more time around. We hope you come back next time because we'll have a whole lot more for you. Uh, in the meantime, go to the comic shops, get some books, eat some good stuff, hug your loved ones, love your pets, and say goodnight. Who's that man in the corner? Weeping? Uh, underdog. No, it's not underdog. Mm. Is it... The guy in Diver Diary Yes, no. It's it's David. <laughs> Diverticulitis. Diverticulitis. Nice. You, can, you can't have seeds. Seeds are the best. If you had a choice, cinnamon raisin or sesame bagel, which one would you go with? Oh, sesame all day. For real. Right? Oh, I, that's my like I I mean I haven't had a bagel in a long in years, but I but but sesame would be my preferred of all bagels. That would be the like, I'll the one I want. Nice. I think you're on the mark with that, David. Uh, you know, first time for everything. The yeah, um, I, well, I, I I wouldn't be able to do sesame. Why? You can say texture, I'm going to smack you. No, allergies. All right. Why? You're allergic to seeds? Allergic to sesame seeds, yes. Wow, I didn't know that. It, it depends on how they're processed. Usually on bagels, yes. Uh, depending on how, the, like, like the Five Guys hamburger buns, because they'll have the the sesame seeds kind of like baked in to the bread. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so it really some... does depend on how they're processed. Okay, but it's also why I can't do hummus because it's made with tahini. So hummus, um, right? So um, I fucking love hummus. And I am not the only the only time I've I've enjoyed a um, a cinnamon raisin bagel. Um, was maybe like at Panera with 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 their cream cheese, but normally no, wow. I, don't, I, I don't. I'm gonna it's let either, you in. See their onion, or it's I'm let you, or uh, or poppy seed is, is mm. my preference. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret, and you're gonna thank me once I let you in on this. You get a cinnamon raisin bagel, and you get a piece of cheddar cheese, and two slices of honey baked ham. Make a sandwich, and if one bite you are not in ecstasy, then your taste buds have dissolved. It's all I'm what saying. What if you don't like ham? Who doesn't like ham? I hate ham. I don't like ham. Are you shitting me? You're not American, not, bro. I don't, what are you? Where are you from? Like Yugoslavia? You don't like ham? You eat Taylor ham, bro? You know our our Slavic brothers and sisters love the ham. No, okay. You eat well, Taylor ham. Yes, you eat Taylor ham. Well, Whatever. Taylor ham's not ham. I mean, I like, I like swine. I dig on swine. It's not like I'm anti-swine. Ham is like a food group. <laughs> what is ham is horrendous. No, what? <laughs> I don't All like right. ham. I don't, I don't like pork loin. I don't like pork chops. Oh, my goodness. But, wow. yeah, Do you yeah, like ribs? Pork, pork roll, bacon. I'm down with both of those. You down with what ribs? Ribs? Yeah, of course. Yeah, pulled pork. Love the pulled pork. But so, what's wrong with a friigging nice cut of ham? It's the texture. I, I don't like. Uh-huh. Day, see, see, he said. Nah, texture, nah, I don't like that word. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, we're out of here. We love you. <laughs> Come back next time. Tell them you love them. Please. We we find you reasonably enjoyable. Don't, li- don't listen to him. He loves you. Yeah. That's it for that one.